great offering word. Amen? Woo! Thank you, Father. God is good today. Let's just thank Him. Amen? Father, we just rejoice today. We thank You for Your presence here. We thank You for all of the mothers and Your blessing upon each and every one of them, Father. Father, on the outside but on the inside, that Your blessing and empowerment be on all these mothers, grandmothers, all those that You've created to raise children, to to build up and to strengthen, Lord God. We thank You for that anointing strong on their lives today. And we give You praise and glory. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Glory to God. Well, happy Mother's Day again to all the mothers in the house. Um, You know, I was privileged in my life uh, to be born, so I had a mother, <clears throat> so I, I truly was born, and because uh, that's why I'm here, that's why you're here, because you were born, and, uh, and <clears throat> I, uh, my, my, my mother, I had a mother and I had a stepmother, my parents divorced when I was young, and, and a, a stepmother also. And uh, both my mother and my stepmother passed on in heaven today. And, uh, and you know, you can, you can look back on things and you can talk about the negative things or what, you know, mothers didn't do or what I could, I could tell you, well, you know, my mother this or my mother that or whatever. And uh, I've learned in life, I don't really feel like God wants us focusing on the negatives on the negative things about people, but, but on the positive, because there's good in everybody. Can you say amen to that? I mean, there's good in every person. Um, but I was, for some reason, heaven shined down on my life and blessed me with the wife that he blessed me with. And I had the privilege for a lot of years to... Um, witness in my mind and and my world to witness and watch the greatest mother I've ever known to raise my children Um, my desire if I have any regret my desire is that that in some of those early days that I appreciated her and what she was doing more than um, than I did um but it's a, you know, the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. But a mother is by choice. There's a verse in script. There's a verse of scripture that um, I found in Psalm 69. Um, and the verse of scripture talks about it's it's a it's a it's a passage of David and he's talking about his heart being in a place of despair and in that place of despair it's like nobody cared and it didn't matter and when i read that verse of scripture i thought about mothers because 
Being a mother is the most difficult and most unappreciated job that there is on planet Earth. And you know, you you might say, well, you know, I appreciate my mom, but nobody knows what goes on with a woman that is an actual mother that actually raises her children and, and, and takes care of them because her, her world never ends. It never stops. Um, you know, my part as a father to my children is one thing, but her place and her role as, as a mother, it, it never ends. And, and it, it never ends. They'll always be the children will always be children to their mother. They grow up, you know, they live their own lives, but they'll always be the child. And in the back of that mother's mind, she'll always at times remember that child when they were little or at, or at times when they really, you know, there was certain times, I'm sure in, in, in everyone's life, there's times that are better than others. And you remember a lot of those times. But uh, I'm just saying today that God appreciates mothers that have purposed to raise their children. And you can't raise your child as a mother in the things of God if you have no revelation of God. You understand? And so it's vital that as a mother, if you say, well, you know, I'm a grandmother today and I didn't you know, have any understanding of God raising my children. It doesn't matter. God takes you right where you're at. One of the greatest statements I've ever heard in my life is this. It's never too late. Your life is never over until you're over and you're finished on this earth. I don't, I don't care what age you are, your life is never over. Today is the first day of the rest of your life to fulfill all God has created you to be. We live in a society where people say that if you're, you know, if you're over 30 years old, you're starting downhill. That's a lie, you know? I mean, I, mean, it, it, I feel like I, di- I didn't begin to reach the, the real height of my life till I was about 55 years old. And uh, things are just getting better and better and better every day. And God wants it to be that way. And God wants you as mothers to see your life like that. Not as one where your heart is broken and you're in despair, feeling like nobody knows the things that you go. God knows. Amen? And, and God never forgets a seed sown. So whatever your life has done in sowing into the good and, and helping other people and advancing the lives of your children, God never forgets that seed and He will always pay with great reward. Can you say amen to that? And again, we're grateful and thankful for all the mothers in the house. Amen. Um, We've been in a series, kind of a theme in the month of April, and then extended it into the month of of May on wealth and wellness. And on Wednesday nights, we've been talking about what it looks like to be well. Um, How God wants us to, to remain and to be well in our lives, to live long and strong in our lives. 
Our foundational scripture has been 3 John 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Title of my message this morning is The Heart. And um, when your soul prospers, which is your mind, will, and emotions being renewed, when your soul prospers, it advances and it develops the condition of your heart. And today, we're going to look at some things regarding the physical pump, blood pumping heart, and what the Bible calls the center part of you, the spiritual part, the heart of, of, of mankind. And um, I was doing some study, and so, you know, if I, in, in these statistics that I'm going to give you today, uh, if you think these statistics are wrong, then you can blame the Franklin Institute. <clears throat> um, but there's some pretty interesting facts about your heart, your physical blood-pumping heart. Everybody do this. Do this with one of your hands. That's the size of your heart. So, with some of the little babies that are in the, in the house, in the nursery, whatever size their little heart is, or their, their hand is, that's the size of their heart. When in, in, in the moment that a child is conceived... Their heart is, is a certain size, and as your hand grows, your heart grows. So today, that's the size of my heart. And there's some amazing things that, I mean, you look at the size of this body, and it's, the, the Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. And so this big old body is is working on blood pumping through it to give it life with a heart that size. Little bitty guy. But these are some statistics about the heart. Probably most of us don't know these. The heart pumps five quarts of blood in your body per minute. 200 gallon, 2,000 gallons, not 200, 2,000, 2,000 gallons a day through your blood vessels, which is known as your circulatory system. And there's 60,000 miles of arteries in your, in your body. 60,000 miles of arteries in your body. And this is really interesting to me. Your blood makes a round trip through your body a thousand times every day. A round trip of 60,000 miles a thousand times a day. 
The average heart beats 72 beats a minute. Most people know that. If you ever do your blood test or your, I mean your, your blood pressure and your, see your heart rate and those kind of things, it's average heart about 72 times a minute. 4,300 times it beats an hour. 104,000, somewhere, the average heart, 104,000 beats every month. I mean, every day, 104,000 a day, 38 million a year. And if you lived from the time you were conceived till the time, if you lived to be 90 years old, your heart would, will, will beat an average of 3,500,000,000 times in 90 years. Little and somewhat in can, um, insignificant in a way, um, it's not seen, so it's not given a whole lot of attention. You don't, m- most people, except for two, different, for two different reasons, most people don't think about their heart on a day-to-day basis. They don't think about the condition of their heart and am I doing something that's damaging my heart? Most people don't, unless it starts not working correctly, right? Or unless you've been bombarded in your life with fear stories about your heart and the condition of your heart and what can happen with your heart. And this person died and, and this person had a heart attack. Well, in my family, in, 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 you know, in, in our DNA uh, we all, everybody dies early. Uh, we've had heart attacks, and we, we all die of heart attacks in our family. Well, that can be the case in the natural, but if you've been born a second time, you have a different lineage. Amen? Amen? You're connected to something that's more real than your natural heart. You're connected to a spiritual heart. There's a spiritual connection in your life, and God wants us not being in fear of our natural heart, but being aware of our spiritual heart, the spiritual part of us, who we are, the center part of who we are, and not allowing the spiritual heart to become an insignificant spiritual organ that we don't pay any attention to until things aren't working. God wants us paying attention to our heart and who we really are, who we were created to be. He wants us paying attention all the time. All the time. It's not a one day off and ten, or one day on and ten days off relationship with God. It's an all the time on that God is desiring for you and I to believe in. All the time on. Can you say amen? amen? So, if if the only time that we pay attention to supposedly insignificant organs or different parts of our physical body, parts that you don't see, you don't think about, if the only time that we 
spend any time focusing on that is when something's not working or if we have fear thoughts about something not working. You know, you can, you, everything can be working correctly and somebody can tell you some horrible story about something that happened to someone else and you can get in fear of that and the Bible says the things that you most greatly fear will come on you. We don't want to be people of fear. We want to be people that fear and reverence God but we're delivered in our lives of any type of fear that try to control us and keep us in bondage and keep us under. And to do that, we have to have a healthy spiritual heart. As we've been talking about wellness on, on Wednesday nights, I've made this point. The Bible says that bodily exercise or being focused on, on things that you can do with your physical body, they profit a little bit. And I'll just tell you this. What I think is meant in that passage of Scripture is, is that if your focus is just trying to be healthy and doing all you can do, you're going to come up short. You can do all the right things. There's 101,001, probably 100,001 different ideas about workouts and your body being well and all those kind of things out there. There's all kinds of stuff. And you can go after that stuff and, you know, I mean, it'll drain you financially to the point that, you know, you do everything and you, you may be heavier than you've ever been in your life. Because the world makes you think that, that what health is about is being skinny. And that's a lie. It's a lie. It's not about losing weight, it's about being healthy. And when we learn how to be healthy in the natural, things will begin to work. But if we're not healthy spiritually and we don't know that we've been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease and we don't realize what Jesus has done, the other stuff will not work as effectively as it would if we know who we are in God. I'm not saying don't glean from the ideas and, all the, th- and the things that are out there. And, and listen, God's the greatest nutritionist on planet earth and He will show you what is right for your physical body. Everybody's body chemistry is different. And today I'm just saying to you, God wants you and I well, and to be well, we've got to be well internally. And I'm just giving you a short little plan today, next two Sundays we're going to finish on, on this little series about the heart. But I'm going to give you a short little plan over the next three Sundays of what that looks like and kind of paint a picture for you of what a healthy spiritual heart really looks like. That's where God wants you. He wants you you spiritually healthy so you can be effective at advancing what He wants to do in the earth. There's a lot God wants accomplished in planet earth, and it takes you and I being, being healthy spiritually. Proverbs 29, Proverbs 29 and verse 25. We'll look at this just for a second. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord 
shall be safe. When you fear man and things and people and circumstances, there's a snare, there's always a trap, there's always something else that is behind the scene. When you go to trusting man, there's always something that is behind the curtain. There's always a catch. But this verse right here says, whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Proverbs 3 tells us the type of trust that there has to be. Proverbs 3 and verse 1 says, My son, do not forget my law or my word, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. What will? The word of God kept in your heart. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so you'll find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your what? Not your head, but your heart, the center part of you. The center of you. That word heart there in the Hebrew, the... the, 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 the main part of that definition is center. Center. The center, the, it, it's who we are. We, we are not a body that's trying to exist on planet earth. We are a spirit that lives in certain limitations in this physical body that God wants us to overcome as we're more connected to spiritual things than we are natural things. Because when you're connected spiritually, when you're trusting God with all of your heart, then there's not these, these traps. When you, when you fear man, there's a trap, there's a snare. But when you trust God, you live in a safe place. All your days, no matter what things look like. You can be in a horrible situation and yet be in a safe place because spiritually your trust is in God. <clears throat> That's hard sometimes to comprehend. It's hard to allow that to be broken down on the inside of us. But, but God created us to trust Him with our whole heart. He said in that verse 5 there, trust the Lord with all of your heart, not leaning to your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Not leaning <clears throat> in your own understanding. So, I'm asking you this question. We trust God how? We, 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 we trust God how? With our whole heart. Right? We, we trust God with everything that's on the inside of us. And how much is that? How much of my heart today can I trust God with? What determines that is how much renewing of my mind, as we talked about in 3 John 2, how much of the renewing of my mind is developing the trust in my heart. See, because he said, if he's saying, trust God with all your heart and don't lean to your understanding, then leaning to your understanding, to your mind, to how things look and appear to be, 
is what will keep you from trusting Him with your whole heart. That's what we have to be aware of. That's what we have to constantly be aware of in how we shut down vain imaginations, ideas, thoughts, and theories, and things that are out there trying to tell us that God isn't big enough to take care of the situation that I face. The devil will try to convince you over time that God cannot come through on your behalf. Now, he will for everybody else, but your situation is a doozy. And it's just too big for God to handle. Not. And, and you know, we think, ah, you know, we, we don't let God do Yeah, we do. But we let, him, we, let, we let the enemy do things like that to us in little things. And what, many times, have you ever thought like you've been in an argument about something and after the argument was over, you think, I mean, we argued about that? We argued over that stupid thing right there? Well, but a lot of times it's not that thing. It's just that's where it culminated. But there were 15 other things that all together it appeared like it was a big thing when it really wasn't a big thing and the enemy worked on you and you got you in your reasoning's mind instead of trusting God with what it was you were facing. When you trust God with all your heart and you don't lean to your own understanding, he directs your path and he makes, it, and he makes your path really good. I mean, things really work out with God. Well, you know, Pastor, I don't know, things never worked out for me. Well, because you're not developing a trust. I'm not saying that you're not trusting God at all, but you're not developing the trust by renewing your mind. I'm going to say it again. Your heart becomes more confident in the things of God when you, on a daily basis, renew your mind. I use this example. I think I, think I did Wednesday night. The Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Right? Yeah. Right? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That's 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The Bible says the, the devil is the God of the world system. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Well, when something looks like it's bigger than what I can handle, when something looks that way, and then in my mind I start thinking that, you know, there's no way I can get over this. No, I've got to stop those thoughts in their tracks by declaring, well, no, 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 the greater one's in me. I'm not putting up with this. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength today, and I am overcoming this situation. Devil, you're a liar. I don't care what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it appears to be today, but what I'm facing today is subject to change, and it is changing because of the Word of God on the inside. Now, see, if you're not actively practicing things like that, developing things like that, then there's no trust here. And I'm going to prove it to you in a, in a couple of verses. Just follow with me here. Um, John 14 and 1. John 14 and 1 says this, Let not your heart be troubled. How? Believe in God. Jesus said, and believe in me. How, does you, how do you keep your heart from being troubled or in, in, in real distress? By believing in God. 
How do you believe in God? By renewing your mind. You will not believe in God because you heard a message preached that you need to believe God. Okay, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God. You get all worked up. You know, you get worked up for about two weeks and then, and then you defeat it again and again and again. You renew, your, you renew your mind so that you can trust God so that your heart won't be troubled when you face troubling situations. I didn't say, I didn't say that the Bible said, I didn't read that the Bible said there wouldn't be troubling situations. No, 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 no. In fact, the more you serve God, the more troubling type of situations you'll encounter or face. But out of every one of them, when you're developing a trust in your heart of God, He will see you through and deliver you. And, and you know what the good thing about the deliverance is? Is that now you have a testimony to share with other people what God will do. Not just sharing what someone else did. And it's okay for a while, and at times you can, you know, I heard this story and that story. But God wants you to have your stories. And he wants those stories to be there as a result of what you're developing day to day. If you're not developing the kind of things that I'm talking about in renewing your mind, your heart will never grow in a trust of God. Never. It's impossible. It, it doesn't work that way. He set it up. Look, look, look at this verse in the same chapter down in the 27th verse of John 14. <clears throat> he said, peace I leave with you. My peace, Jesus' peace, he gave to me. Everybody say, I take it. Look at the next thing he said. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Not the peace that the world gives. The world will lie to you and tell you that peace comes through, you know, uh, I got to be on the beach in somewhere. I got to be on the beach in Hawaii. My feet kicked up, sipping on some suds, and you know, just taking it in and taking in the rays, and I'll be at peace. What if the lava from the volcano burned you? You know what I'm saying? Okay, how many like Hawaii? Uh, you've been there or not been there, whatever. But it appears to be pretty good, right? It, I've never been there, but it appears like a great place. And, and it would seem like sitting on the beach would be an awesome thing, right? I mean, it'd be a good thing and hang around there and, and all that kind of thing. And that's fine. But that can't be what you seek after for your peace. See, when you're in the peace of God, then you can go to Hawaii and if a volcano's erupting, you can still be at peace. And you can still have a great trip. And who knows, maybe God will have you rescue people that, are, you know, that were going to be uh, uh, destroyed by a volcano. Who, who knows? But that's not what I'm depending on to be at peace. And there's people all over the world that that's what they look for is natural circumstances to all line up. I need the stars to do what they need to do and everything to be right so I can be at peace. No, no, no. Jesus said, the pe my peace I give to you. Hmm? And no notice what he said right after that. He said, he said, not as the world gives do I give to you. And then what does he say in that same verse, the last part of it? Let not 
your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why would he tell us that? Because the potential for you to be troubled is every single day and for you to be in fear is every single minute of every single day. The potential's there. Just close your eyes for a moment. Now, if you can, if you can receive it, receive what I'm fixing to pray over us right now. Father, I thank you for your word and right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the peace that Jesus gave us. And I thank you that that peace stands guard over our hearts and minds. And I thank you that in that peace, we are empowered to not allow our hearts to be troubled by renewing our minds daily and by walking and operating not just in the knowledge of your word, but in the revelation of your word. And right now, Lord, we thank you for that revelation going deep inside of us. As we believe your word, we get the results. And if you believe that right now, say amen and amen. See, don't ever underestimate the power of the spoken word. Circumstances will try to get you to underestimate the power of the word that is spoken. Never underestimate it. Proverbs 4 and verse 7. Proverbs 4 and verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, wisdom, and she will promote you, wisdom will. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. Exalt her, I'm reading that verse again. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her, wisdom. Now, why in the midst of my word right there did I bring up the word wisdom? Because wisdom is this. In a simple, simple elementary form, wisdom of God is this. And it said wisdom is the principal thing. The wisdom, in the, the wisdom of God and the word of God are synonymous. You can't separate the two of them. But here's the difference in wisdom and knowledge. Just the knowledge of the word. The wisdom of God is the knowledge from God's word that is revealed in my heart that I act upon. And why would someone act on something that's been revealed in their heart? Because they believe it. Now, I'm going to say this and I'm going to show you this in, this in this last passage that we're going to read in Mark chapter 4. Um, James 2 says that faith without works is dead. And, and, and I know at different times, even in my own life, and I've, I've heard other people say the same thing, that people think of faith without there being works is dead, meaning I have to have faith and I have to have works. Now, get, now hear what I'm saying. Pay attention to this. It's very important. 
I have to have faith, and I have to have works. I don't see it that way. Faith without works means that there's no faith. No trust. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. How am I going to trust God with my heart? When I trust Him with my heart, what I'm trusting in and what I'm receiving is wisdom that's extracted from the knowledge I have. Now remember, when, when something comes against me and I declare greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world, in the world to me, starting out, that passage of Scripture is just knowledge. So me just thinking I'm going to confess a verse of Scripture and get that verse of Scripture to work for me, yet I don't believe in it, I'm deceiving myself. Now stay with me when I'm saying this. But if the wisdom of God that's the principal thing, if the wisdom of God is what's been revealed to me from the knowledge of God, when it becomes revelation, listen to me, it produces the acts, the works. The revelation in the heart produces the works. You don't separate faith and works. They go together. Because when you're in faith, you're going to do what you said. So what's not working in your and my life today, it's, be, it, 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 it's not a works problem, it's a wisdom issue. And it's a wisdom issue because I'm not practicing daily the renewing of my mind, my mind, will, and emotions, and bringing that under submission so that when natural things try to tell me this isn't going to work and yeah, but what about this and this and this, this other thing over no, 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 greater is he that is in me. Amen. And man, I can be staring something down and, and I mean worried and fretful and in fear and feel, feeling tormented and upset about something and somebody just treated me an ugly way or some, something happened in your life a certain way. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Greater is He that's in me, and I can do all things through Christ, and I'm shutting this stuff down. I'm not giving place to this thing. It's not ruling here. And the more I develop that, it becomes wisdom. And when I'm operating in the wisdom of God, when I'm truly operating in the wisdom of God, which is the revelation from the knowledge of God, then I find myself doing what God wants done. Because otherwise, you're not really in faith trust. The faith trust is what produces the works. Not me trying to keep it. And you know what? In my own life, when I haven't believed in something, and I've tried to do it and tried to just be good enough, it doesn't work. I've learned the hard way that the more time I spend at developing revelation in my heart, the more I get the right actions. Because right actions come from 
revealed knowledge. Revealed knowledge becomes the wisdom of God that is the answer for everything. It is the principal thing. And so, I'm going to finish today, and I'm not going to get finished with this. We'll, we'll, we'll pick it up from here next week. But I'm going to finish today in Mark chapter 4. And we're going to talk about Mark 4 a little bit right now, and then the rest um, next week. So, I want to read, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of this, but I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. And you know, the Amplified's kind of wordy, so just bear with me on this. And he says this in verse 13. He said to them, do you not discern and understand this parable? And the parable is what was just said was the sower the sower sowing the word. He, he says, how then is it possible for you to discern and understand all the parables or the examples? Verse 14, the sower sows the word. The ones along the path are those who have, who have the word sown in their hearts. But when they hear, Satan comes at once and by force takes away the message which is sown in them. And in the same way, the ones sown upon stony ground are those who, when they hear the word, at once receive and accept it and welcome it with joy. And they have no real root in themselves, and so they endure for a little while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately are offended, become displeased, indignant, and resentful, and they stumble and fall away. And the ones sown among the thorns are those who hear the word, then the cares and the anxieties of the world and distractions of the age and the pleasure and the delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and the word becomes fruitless. And those sown on the good, well-adapted soil are the ones who hear the word and receive and accept and welcome it and bear fruit some 30 times as much was as was sown, some 60 times as much, and some even 100 times as much. And so today, next week we're, we're going to read farther down to about verse 25, but today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with um, talking about how I see this passage relating to your and my heart because he said, if you don't understand this, you won't understand anything else. And he said, the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. So who is the, understand, uh, the understood subject of sowing? Me, right? I'm the subject that's sowing. The sower sows the word. I am. We're ta I'm talking about myself. And where he's sowing it is into the soil which represents the heart. And the three different soils, and I'm just relieving you of this today 
so that you can be at peace and joy and walk out of here with great joy in your heart. I'm just telling you, all of us have had all three of those first three soils. All of us have sown seed and immediately the enemy has come and stole the word that's been sown in our hearts. Every one of us, in, in, in one way or another, has sown seed, and as it says in verse 17, not having any real root in yourself, and so you endure for a while, and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, you immediately are offended, come displeased, indignant, resentful, and you stumble and fall away. The Bible's real clear that there's a lot of stumbling and falling in this journey, in this walk with God. There's a lot of stumbling and falling. And the only thing that will keep you from not reaping is you just don't get back up. I'm going to stay down, I'm going to stay defeated, and I'm going to stay beat up, and, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm throwing in, you know, I'm waving the white flag of surrender, the devil wins. If you do that, then you won't reap. But if you notice, he goes from one heart condition to the next heart condition to the next heart condition. And in every one of those, the sower sowed the word and the recipient, which is my heart, receives it each and every time but loses it in those first three. There's a lot of word that's been sown in me at different times and circumstances came to try to rob me of that. Am I going to allow those type of circumstances and situations to rule and have their way and win out? Or am I going to deal with myself, continue to renew my mind on a day-to-day basis, continue to allow the word to be sown in my heart to develop it. You know, one of the, hard, one of the soils was, a, was hard soil, a hard pan, one with, uh, that, had, uh, that had thorns in it, okay? So along the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to uproot certain things. I'm going to get rid of certain things. I'm going to get rid of jealousy and anger and hatred and unforgiveness, but only if my mind is being renewed with the Word. See, because the world gives peace and joy and fulfillment and deliverance one way, and Jesus gave it to us a totally different way. My peace I give to you, and what you've got to do is have peace in the midst of the storm and don't underestimate the power of the spoken word as it's coming out of your mouth to declare that you're not giving in to natural circumstances or what the devil says is going to be so. I'm believing that the word is true. It's the final authority and I win until I win. Amen? I win today, but it may not look like I'm winning, but I'm winning until I actually win in the natural. And he's faithful to it. This heart condition thing is huge. It appears to be insignificant. appears to be no big deal. You know, uh, I can figure things out on my own. And you know, a lot of times when you're younger, you're that way. You think you got it all down or whatever. But a lot of people, as they grow older, they get worse. And I promise you, you'll get worse and worse and worse thinking you can figure things out on your own. People always say, ah, they're just young. No, I know a lot of young people 
They don't give in to that. Why? Because they're doers of the word. It doesn't matter how old you are. It matters what you're doing with the word that you're hearing. And if you're not hearing any word that is information that goes against the information from the world, if you're not hearing any word that's helping in that way, you can't renew your mind. And if you, don't, if you can't and are not renewing your mind, there's no way for your spirit man, your heart, to trust God. And never in the history of the world have we lived in such a time where, man, we, we need to trust God. I... I no, 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 no. It's not that we need to trust God. Man, I don't know about, I want to trust God. No, no, no. Even more than that. I want to want to trust God. How about you? I, 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 I want to trust God and not be moved by anything. Let not your heart be troubled. That means some trouble's out there and trouble's going to come and it's going to come knocking at your door and he's saying, don't let your heart be troubled. How? Believe in me. Hmm? Believe in me. Believe in me. Believe in God. Believe in me, Jesus said he was telling them. But what he's saying is, believe in me. Trust in me with your whole heart. Develop that trust by renewing your mind. He said, above everything, I wish that you prosper and be in health as your soul is prospering and renewing. But listen, if you're not practicing it in the moment and you're, you're giving in and submitting to the fears and the cares and the stuff that knocks at your door on a daily basis. And it'll, it, it'll knock and keep knocking. If you give in to that stuff, you'll never trust God. I can tell you 100% of the time, you won't trust God. You'll be moved by what you see and how you feel. God doesn't want that. He didn't create you and I to be that kind of person. And we've been lied to in the world that that's the way that we have to be. Well, you know, you just have to you know, if you're not worrying about something, you're not being responsible. No, no. I mean, I mean, I can't tell you how much I don't care anymore about anything. I don't care. Somebody brings a, some report to me, okay, let's go to the Word, okay? I didn't say, in saying that I don't care, I didn't say that I'm not going to allow myself to be responsible about a given situation, but I'm not taking the care and the worry and the anxiety that wants to stress me out and take me down and you the same way. I don't care. No. What does the word say? Okay. Sounds bad. Sounds difficult. Sounds whatever. But we're going to go to the word. I'm going to renew my mind in this situation because you know what? People that are not doing well, they don't, meet, they don't need me to be like them. How is somebody going to come out of not doing well by being around someone else that's not doing well? Hmm? Somebody that's not trusting God is not going to learn how to trust God from somebody that's not trusting God. So if the only way I'm going to learn how to really trust God is not take the care of stuff and, and absolutely have an attitude that I want to want to not take a care, not worry about anything, I don't care about anything else, so that I can be proactive and all the offensive of helping someone else through the power of the spoken word. Listen, what people need out of you more than anything, 
more than patting them on the back or all these kind of things. They need you to believe in the spoken word so that you can speak the word over them. Listen, all the things we're talking about right here today, everything that Jesus did was because he believed in what he said. Never underestimate the power of the spoken word. It produces a trust and a confidence inside of you and I that God is who he said he is and he will do what he said he'll do. Can you say amen? Amen. I just like this verse. I'm just going to pick it out of a few of these others. But it's verse um, 24. Just remember this and I'll end with this. He said to them, verse 24 of Mark 4 in the Amplified, he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. For the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear. For to him who has will more be given, and from him who has nothing, even what he has, will be taken away by force. Ooh, that's not very politically correct today. But that's gospel. That's word. That's the way it works. And what are we talking about right here? Whoever doesn't have a trust and a faith in God in their heart, even what they have is going to be stolen because the enemy's, what does he come to do? Kill, steal, and destroy. God's not taking it from them. It's the enemy that steals and kills and destroys. Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundant. But if we don't trust him and we don't have faith in him, we're not trusting and developing that trust with all of our heart. It doesn't work. Even what you have, it'll be, you, it'll, it, it will be ripped from you. A lot of times people try to hold on to things that are like a, like a security blanket because they're, they're, they're fearful to trust God, to really put their faith in God. And so they hold on to things. Even those things will be ripped out of your hands. You know why? Because the devil's a bully and he hates people. You know why? Because all of us were created in the image of God and he just wants to take you down. Jesus came, you might have life. And I tell you what, just remember this today. You can't lose for winning. When you're in God's kingdom, you can't lose for winning. Say it, I'm a winner. winner. We are winners in Christ Jesus today. Amen? We can actually do this. We can actually trust God with everything that is in us. We can live on top and not underneath circumstances. Because he created us to live like this. I'm telling you, there are people out there that are pursuing you even as we're speaking. Because you have something. Just listening to this word today means that you have something that other people need. Whether you develop it or not, that's up to you. But you have something. There's a commodity inside of you that the world is looking for. Everybody's looking for God. God's in you and me. Everybody's looking for us. Can you say amen?